0: Welcome to the KML Mess Podcast. Can't everybody stop for ten minutes? I mean, it's not that much to ask. It's so goddamn rude! What the fuck do they think I'm doing? Oh, 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 oh. Playoffs? Talk about playoffs? You kidding me? That is a disgusting act by Randy Moss. They are who we thought they were, and we let them talk. The Hello. Play to win the game. And now, your 2016 champion, soon to be two-time champion, and host, Maine. Woo, buddy. Can you boys feel it? It's in the air. It's fancy football season. Welcome to the inaugural episode of the KML Mess Podcast. I'm your host, Maine, and this is a little podcast. We're going to give this a shot. We're going to see how it goes this year. You know kind of uh, do this weekly once the season kicks in, keep everybody up to speed at the goings on around the league, see what people are doing, how they're feeling about things. Maybe you have a calling guest or two, you never know. we'll see where this where this wild ride takes us. but uh, you know if you're joining us for the first time, I want to give you kind of a recap of what the KML is and uh, the owners and everything. So I was going to use this first first inaugural podcast to kind of lay the groundwork, lay the foundation, if you will, about where we are, where we' where we've come from. And where we're headed. That- KML All right, so anyway, first let's give a little history of the league here. This is the Kevin Richard Donahue Memorial Fantasy Football League. We're calling it the KML f- for short. Poor Kevin Richard Donahue. He's a dear old friend from Purdue, from most of us, for a few of us. I think everybody ran across him at least one time. Uh, but unfortunately, he fell on hard times, booty bumped one too many times, and he's no longer with us. Rest in peace, my dear friend. He was a great man, a good friend. Pooped a couch once, did some other questionable stuff, but hey, you know what? he's good for a story, and you could always count on him. So hey, we keep this league on in his memory. This will be the 7th year of the KML. We took it legit about, uh, well, 6 years ago we took it legit, so this is the 7th official year. Before then we had a couple years we were kind of figuring out some stuff, figuring out rule changes and stuff. But here we are. We, I think we've got it pretty much nailed down. We've got a good group of 12 guys, 12-team 12 league, we're deciding on the PPR this year, we'll talk about that a little bit later, but 12 teams, we go uh, 13 weeks regular season, and then we play a three-week playoff, first-round buys, we don't play week 17, because anybody who does that is fucking retarded. Uh, but anyway, so I think that's pretty much a good good recap of where the KML is, and, and uh, you know, kind of the groundwork. Podcast. Now this podcast, I kind of envision this as being a weekly thing, I don't know when it's going to come out necessarily. I'm thinking maybe Tuesday nights. It'd be nice to get it out Tuesday nights before high noon on Wednesday. High noon everybody is, is uh you know, we we've auction off new players with the fab budget, which is another great, great change on our part. So I think it's gonna be Tuesday nights. Try to get it out Wednesday morning before high noon. Maybe even late Tuesday night, sometime Tuesday. Who knows? You know, I don't fucking have any goddamn idea. I'm just rambling on here. But anyway I wanna run down this podcast. And what we're going to do is, I figure I'm going to kind of start off every week with a little bit of news and notes, see what the transactions were, talk through the trades, because we know there's going to be plenty of those. Also, some of the hot free agents, also see who won and lost last week. And then, uh, you know, after that, I think we'll go into the next segment. Probably try to maybe have a call in guest. I've got to figure out that on the technology side, but we'll see what happens on that. But then, you know, we're going to get back into the weekly preview and predictions. I know everybody loved that from a couple years ago, the year that I won, actually. Uh, you know, I used to do the predictions. I think I was. Virtually undefeated in my predictions, so I'm I'm pretty good at handicapping the game. So probably do that again, and then uh, you know we got to pick the game of the week. Everybody wants to be game of the week for various reasons. Well, maybe you don't want to be game of the week because sometimes it's a it's a turd fest. But uh, you know we'll see how that goes. I, I will pick game of the week too. So so that's kind of the rough format of the podcast. We'll probably uh, you know tweak it a little bit as we go from week to week. But um, but yeah, if you have any suggestions, feel free to call in. You can email me, get in touch with me, text me, whatever you need to do. You know how to hit me up. But we'll figure it out. Okay. So, first thing I want to do on this podcast, I've given kind of the overview. We've talked about, uh, you know, the, the league itself. But I th- I want to take a second to go through each owner specifically, because I think this is important. I think it'll be important to kind of lay the groundwork for all our new listeners to know who I'm talking about and kind of give the background. Now, the way I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this in reverse order of all time record. Now, the all time records for the six years we've been in the league. I think I'm just going to go from the bottom to the top because I think that's the greatest way to do this. I'll offer a little bit of insight and uh, you know, see how they're doing and, and also see what, they're, what, what they might be looking for coming into this next season. So, First up, we have Scott Thoman. He's currently sitting in last place in win percentage here in the KML. He's 132, lost 46, no ties for a win percentage of 41%. Now, I want to say something about Scott Thoman. He may be a deadbeat dad and an even worse husband, but he's a really nice guy, and he's one of my best friends in the league, and I got to tell you, I, he just, I, I put him to the top of the list in a lot of categories. Been, he's been been—he's been chirp MVP several times, but man, he just can't seem to get it together. He's had a couple good years in, the, in this league. He, he was contending for a title, I think, a couple years ago, had a really nice team, and, and just never, never has been able to put it together. I feel like he starts strong and kind of tapers off, you know, later in life, but, uh, you know, He'll, he'll figure it out. I think I think this might be the season that he can put together a good campaign, get into playoffs. He, he's he's made playoffs twice, but he's lost both times. Or was it one time? Anyway, he, he's never won a game in the playoffs. He's 0-2 in the playoffs. Uh, just got an absolute housed, Got a negative 40-point differential in the playoffs. So it just really hasn't gone his way when it comes down to the crapshoot of playoffs. But, you know, I, I think I, I kind of expect good things from him. I could see him making the playoffs this year. Uh, we'll see where his head, at, head is at at draft. He's got a new girlfriend. I guess it's a couple years old now, so probably a new fiancé by draft time. But, uh, you know, if he can keep his mind right, have a nice draft, and and, uh, keep away from training with Jared, I think he'll be okay. I think he might be able to sneak into playoffs this year. So, anyway, that's Scott Thoman. Now, next up, we have Bill Mitchell. Bill is a conundrum in in more ways than one for me because I've known Bill a long time, and he has put it together – some really, really good fantasy football teams. For the first year we put this league together back at 13, he ended up taking second place. Now, he had a very interesting draft strategy that year. The way he did it was he spent a bunch of money on the first couple of guys. I think one of them might have been Doug Martin or something, but he spent a bunch of money on the first couple of guys, proceeded to pass out for a solid 10 to 12 rounds in a, in a, in a recliner, came to just in time to round out his team. And then ended up putting up a a second place finish it was it was was his highlighting highlight moment for sure he did he did really really well that year but uh even so he's still 34 and 44 overall with a 43.6 winning percentage unfortunately just again just you know again a guy that that's a little bit underperformed you know it might be the corduroy but i think he i think he could have something in the tank this year i'm a little worried about him coming down you know we've got a east of olio draft Uh, location this year that could have some effect on on his stability and uh you know especially if he comes down the night before i I just want to make sure he's in the right frame of mind for when he gets into everything but i think he can do it so anyway bill that's bill mitchell's team we'll see what happens all right in 10th i can barely say this fucker's name it's rob luck now i'll tell you what rob and i've come a long way we've played golf twice this year once was just a one-on-one golf session, which was really nice, actually. He's a much different person when you get him alone. But, uh, you know, the, the the big fella, the Bubsy, he is my fucking fantasy football nemesis. I can't get by his ass. You know, here case in point, he sucks in the regular season. His fucking regular season record is 34 and 43. He's, he's the third worst regular season record out of everybody. He's got a tie in there somehow. That's when we had the, the settings fucked up back in 13. He got a tie. 43.9 winning percentage, you know, probably underperforming a little bit. You know, you look at his points for and points against, and he's got to, he's pretty much even. So you'd you'd expect a little bit more out of him, but his playoff record, fucking five and one. And I I guarantee four of those five wins are me. He just always shithouses me in the playoffs. He'll have a he'll have a bullshit team. One year was the famous Calvin Johnson Monday Night Football game where he, all he needed was like nine yards, and he had a a twelve yard catch just drop right off his hands coming across the middle. It was unbelievable. I couldn't believe you know, just it's just been really tough. So basically he's a good guy. He's a good guy. He's a good friend. Dick don't work so good, but he's he's totally fine. you know, he he's a good he's a good guy. You know, I I think for go ahead into this year I'm not sure what I expect out of him. I don't really fear him is the funny thing. Even though he beats me a bunch, I don't fear him at all, especially in the regular season. Um but yeah, we'll see what happens. I, re- I really don't know what to expect from him. He could go either way. I could see this breaking either way for him. All right, in ninth place, we have J-Rod the Bod, the Bodfather, as he likes to be called now, East to Oleo, changes a man. East to Oleo and half a mil changes a man. That's really a, a, a pretty pretty deadly combination. You know, He's sitting there at 35 and 40, but we have a real bad log jam down at the bottom here at 35, 35, 34 wins. That's, that's pretty shitty. But yeah, he's got 35 wins, 43 losses, just a shade under 45% winning percentage, you know, and uh, again, somebody, you know, I'll tell you this for Jared, you know, you want to talk about glue guys in the league, I think he's our glue guy. He's the one that's always chirping, he always keeps people going, he keeps players moving around the league, left, right, center, up, down, he, he's, he'll he trade players he doesn't have yet, we, we've all been there. He'll try it. He'll do it. Don't don't fuck around with him. He'll trade a player. He doesn't even have yet. That's how that's how active he is. You know he's had a little snake bit in the playoffs. He only wanted to, but I'm gonna throw this out there right now. I I'm gonna say the Bodfather finishes in the top three this year. I'm putting it on paper. The Bodfather is gonna finish. I you know it. I'm gonna go a step further. The Bodfather will play in the championship game this year for the KML the KML title. I can see it happening. Every year it gets a little better. He gets his feet under him a little more. He's got a third place finish in 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 seventeen. You know, I I think he I I might put it on paper. He's in the championship game this year. Yep. Okay. He's got no butt, but we don't we don't hold that against him. All right. In eighth we got Matthew P. Williams, also known as Moto. He's number six on the field. Well, I should say he's number he's number eight in the league, and probably number eight in your hearts, too. Another East Oleo guy. You know, we're losing him, losing him left and right, East Oleo. And, and, again, just a guy, he's changed. You know, he, when he first came in the league, he came in hot. I'm not going to lie. The first time he came in the league was the day after, I believe, Joel's bachelor party. And a, a trooper. Joel and Moto. But I'll tell you what. Troopers. Joel's second year in the league. Moto's first year. They, I believe, I might get the story wrong, but we'll go with it. Had a bachelor party down in Louisville. Absolutely shit house the night before. Wake up early to drive to now defunct Three Wiseman Brewing here in Broadbubble. Walk in, white t-shirts, unshowered, unshaved, reeking of God knows what, but made the draft. Put on a performance for the ages, really. They had a great bidding war on Amari Cooper back and forth. Many quality, quality farts. And has been really a mainstay of the league ever since. He's an absolute motherfucker to trade with. There's only one other guy in the league that I think's worth to trade with, but uh, but you know the the most amazing thing about him he's 24 and 28 in was that four seasons but every year he finishes six and seven four years of six and seven just blows my mind four years yeah, that's that, that's something else we'll talk about that a little bit later too and he holds the dubious distinction of being the only one to never make playoffs in this league if you look over his playoff record it's just blank. Nothing, nothing, NA, nothing, nothing, NA, NA, NA. Is this the year he makes playoffs? Well, I'll tell you what, he's going to have to get that elusive seventh win to get there because six wins is not going to get it done this year. So we'll see what happens. In seventh place, we have Chris Rogers, the Reader. Overall record 36 and 41 and 1. Has that tie in there. Just a shade under 47%. Winning percentage and almost dead even on the points for and points against. Again, you'd think he'd be doing a little bit better. He's probably underperforming a little bit over the six-year period. And another guy who's just been snake-bitten playoffs, much like my friend Scott Thoman, 0-2, has never been able to get a win Always seems to have a good team. Always seems to be kind of in the hunt to at least be, you know, one of those guys you just never want to play any week. You know, you always see his team, and it's, you're always like a little bit pleasantly surprised that, or I shouldn't say pleasantly, but you're always a little bit surprised that it's better than you think it is. It's always a little bit better than his record shows. But, uh, you know, always seems to come through. And I'll tell you what, he's just one of our most quality members, really. He's really a, a, an important owner for this league, and I'm and, um, happy to have him here. But, um, you know, is this the year? Is this the year that he can kind of get over that hump and, and get into the playoffs? I mean he's he's got a he's got a he's probably got it again, probably gonna have a, another uh engagement here soon enough. I don't know what he's waiting for to put a ring on that finger. I know he knocks her around a little bit from time to time, keep her in line, but I mean he, hey, if he wants to go old school with it, I mean I guess he can go old school, keep that broad right in line. Give her the backhand when she doesn't listen, maybe he's a new man, maybe he's got a new new fire under him. So we'll see what happens with Chris Rogers. I think uh yeah, I could see him. I could see. I could see Rodgers. I could see this being the year Rodgers gets through too. You know, I might put Rodgers up in the top four, up in the top four this year. He, he's definitely making playoffs. I'll, I'll say that for sure. He's definitely making playoffs. Well, hold on, check that. He might not make playoffs his playoffs is going to hinge on if Zeke plans <laughs> his holdout or not, because we all know Zeke's going to end up on his team, and he can't help himself, you know, because Zeke will probably be, still be holding out, and you'll see all the rumors, or, oh, he's going to come back in, he's going to be back in three games, da-da-da-da-da, and Rodgers can't help himself when Biddy and hovers right around $40. bucks, he will jump in, grab himself Zeke, and then Zeke will sit the entire year, and he'll just be done and buying the keg next year. So if, if Zeke gets back, though, and he gets himself a little bit of a bargain, I can see him making a playoff push. I really can. All right. Here we go. Now we're into the top half. At the bottom of the top half is number six, your commissioner, Mike Wingus, also known as Fluid, also known as Casper. Many new names coming at at Mike Wingus and a lot of body shaming, which is really unfortunate because we don't really stand for that in this league. But, uh, you know, he's on a new keto diet. He's slimmed down. He's svelte. He's light on his feet. I think this could be a a new season for him, a a new exciting season, kind of turning the page. Yeah, I will say he's probably one of... Minot, two, but but Wingus and Minot have two of the the hot or cold teams. They're either finishing at the top of the league or they're dead last. And there's really no middle ground between these the between how they're going to finish. And unsurprisingly, they have the exact same record here in, in fifth and sixth. Uh, you know, between the two of them, I'd probably put Wingus slightly higher just because he's got uh the edge on points 4. So so we'll talk about it at the same time. So Mike Wingus and 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 Nick Minot, both sitting at thirty seven and forty one. Mike Wingus has the edge in uh you know points. Four, And they both have a title to their name Nick Minas won the title in 15 Mike Wingus won the title in 17 And oh, look at that He's got a couple of third place finishes in there too He's been percolating He's always up around the top there You know, I, I think he fancies himself a little He'll, he'll put himself down he's got low self-esteem he'll put himself down he'll try to talk his team down how shitty it is and how terrible of a fantasy owner he is and oh i paid for fantasy pros again and oh i don't know i paid 20 bucks for fantasy pros and they told me to trade so i did and i hate fantasy photos he's one of those guys you know what i mean real real wet blanket but you can't you can't argue with results you really can't look at look at the money he's earned he's 2400 bucks in this league what's that third he's got third highest money payout in this league with a first and a couple of thirds. I mean, you can't fault the guy for that. I mean, then the results are in the you know, the proof is in the pudding. He's got the results. He's also got a great playoff record, five and two. I mean, he just smokes the playoffs. So he's he's done really well there. So he's he's another good owner. Uh, unfortunately I just think he's gonna suck this year. All right, Nick Minot, he's up next. 3741, as I mentioned before, dead across the board, even with Wingus. Again, great playoff record, four and two. Our champ from 15, third place in sixteen. You know, really been up up towards the top of his game. Had a really rough year last year after Le'Veon Bell went down. Also had a girly injury late, so he really not much you're going to do with that. Could have made a move or two. I will say that never tried to fight the fight it at all. Had offers for for Bell that he could have dumped him for some something at least, and didn't pull the trigger. He kind of kind of was riding and dying all the way to the end. I mean, man of principle, you got to give him that, even if his judgment was shitty. In hindsight, he's still he's a man of principle for sure. So, but you know this is gonna be interesting. He's a, he's a new dad this year. He's got a new newborn Max D, and we'll see how the baby affects him watching fantasy football on Sunday nights, Monday nights, Thursday nights, whatever nights they play on now. Uh, it would be interesting to see if if sleep deprivation is a hindrance or if if it gives him some more time to pour into fantasy football under the guise of being a dad air quotes in terms of, you know, having some more free time, having to focus on something, so. But yeah, yeah, no, an ex-champion, I mean, you, you can't fault him for that. And Speaking of ex-champions, Rob Luck is just the shittiest ex-champion we've ever had. I wish we could strike the 13 season off the books, because that's just a, a black mark, and put an asterisk next to that. It's like the steroid era of baseball, where we had terrible, terrible rule changes. We were kind of, you know, nobody really knew what they were doing, get our feet under us, and there's a reason he's down towards the bottom, and still has a championship in 13. All right, who would he got next? We have, in fourth place, we have Joel. I don't even want to say what Joel's nickname is because it's self-imposed, and anybody who self-imposes a nickname is a douchebag. But he is one of only four people that have a winning record over the six-year history of this league. He's only been here five years? Four years. Five years. He's been here five years now. This will be his sixth year. Overall record, 35-30, 53.8 winning percentage. Uh, you know, points for, points against, pretty even. Playoffs, hot. Hot in the playoffs with two Ts, four and one. This has been, had a, a tremendous playoff record. Uh, champion in 14, second place in 16, and had an awful year, year last year. Again, something you don't see often in fantasy football is six or seven straight losses. I think he had six straight losses to start the year. I mean, that's hard to do. For somebody who actually fancies themselves like decent at fantasy football and was making moves and was trying to make trades and was picking people up and was doing the research and stuff to still go 0 and 6, I mean, I mean that's pretty impressive for all the wrong reasons, much like his penis. And uh, yeah, it's just it's just a real shame. He did make a late comeback, got got people a little fired up, gave him something to some momentum carrying into this year. But I mean, boy. Uh, that he had a rough year last year. I even with even with the rough year was still able to stay above 500 in, in the win loss category. So that's good for him. But uh, you know, I don't I don't know. We'll see how this year goes. I don't think it, I, I I can see it being a bad year for him. I really I don't know. I I just don't feel I don't feel I don't like the juju. I don't like the juju surrounding him. I really don't. Joel's also my cousin. Well, cousin in law. If you want to go that route. Um, so I mean, family first, of course. I'll always help him out as much as I can. But yeah, this year I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes for him. I don't. I don't like the juju though. I don't think his draft prep is up to snuff too. I just feel. I mean, he he stood up to outbid me on Chris Hogan last year to like 25, and that was thank God he got him for 25 because I didn't want that piece of shit. All right, number three. Now we're getting into the meat and potatoes of things. Number three, Matt Turo, Tree Trunks. I'll tell you what. Our current champ, champion eight. Look look at just look at the board he's got over here. First off, win and loss 46-32. Fifty-nine percent overall win-win loss percentage. Always has a good team. Always percolating around the top. Seven and four in the playoffs. You know, over a thousand points scored in the playoffs. He's just—he's been a solid force year over year over year. Quietly, quietly goes about his business. He's like a silent assassin. You know, I'll tell you what though. After he got this championship this year, he's been chirping just a little bit more, and I like it a lot. But yeah, he usually goes quietly about his business. You don't really hear from him that much. You know, makes a couple moves. You know, maybe good for two or three trades on the year uh, and, but it's just, just gets those W's, just picks up W's when you don't, you don't, it's one of those teams you're always like surprised at the end of the year. You look around like week 10, and you're like, Jesus, Turo's like at fourth, third. Like I haven't heard anything about him all year. I've never thought about his team once. And, uh, you know, he's always up towards the top though. Yeah. I mean, look, he's, 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 he's got the, uh, the grand slam. He's got, uh, uh, the first place finish in, in 18. He's got the second place finish in 14. He had third place in 13, you know, so he's, he's been doing really well there. He's been, uh, He's been he's been kicking it around so. I kind of like I kinda, boy I kind of like the defending champion too. I don't want to I don't want him to repeat because back to back would be pretty tough to, to to beat. You know that's a that's a big bragging right. But uh, I can see him being pretty solid. I think he squeaks in the playoffs again this year, but I think he's out like first round. I don't think he'll stick around very long on that. All right, now the second place. Here we go. We got Vit Vitaly, Kurek. Did I say that right? Kurek Kurek Vitali K. Whatever it is. Another man, who hey, I'm happy to report, uh, has a long-term girlfriend, and could we could why I'll tell you what, our league is primed up for like three engagements during the football season. It could it could happen. Am I am I counting that right? Three. Yeah, it could be three. I think so that that would be prime time. we uh, KML might be hot for wedding season in 2020, 2020, 2021. We'll see what happens, but we could we could be in for a, a hot wedding season. Vitaly. Just edging out Turo, 47-31, 60.3 winning percentage. And again, a, a guy who probably should have been better. Playoffs 4-7, and seven, had a rough playoff go of it. Uh, doesn't ever have that W. Second place last year, third place in 14. Uh, but always, another team that's always seems to be solid, just quietly solid. But I will tell you what, he is one of the hardest motherfuckers to trade with I don't know what the magic potion is because I will try to trade with him, other people will try to trade with him he overvalues his players like all hell, you know, he loves the Patriots you can't get anybody off his team when you want him, you'll, you'll make an offer he'll he'll counter with a worse offer than the one you sent, it's just it's crazy, it's absolutely crazy uh, but then all of a sudden you'll wake up, you know, Friday morning and he will have made a trade with Jared or somebody that you're just like, are you kidding me? Like, I just, I gave, the guys I was going to give you for that player were so much better than what Jared gave you. I don't know, I don't know what people say to him, but, or if he just gets tired, catch him at a weak moment or something, but sometimes he makes trades that just are absolutely head scratching. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. He's, he's, uh, he's another team that I, I kind of fear year over year. You know, he always seems to be pretty good. He always has, he has, I can't really beat him in regular season either. I don't think we've ever met in playoffs, but I can never beat him in regular season. It's, it's kind of rough. But anyway, that's Vitaly. He'll be in Hawaii for the draft, so we'll see how that goes. That, that's always a hindrance. Although you'd think it would be a hindrance, and then last year he had an amazing team, quite uh, partly thanks to a Mike Wingus' stupid trade. But, uh, you know, had a great team, made it to the championship game, just couldn't get it done. And that, that draft was from fucking Ukraine. So if he can do it from Ukraine, he can probably do it from Hawaii. Maybe that's what he needs. Just the the further away you draft, the better for him. Who knows? We'll see what happens. All right, and finally you got yours truly, Maine, sitting at the top of the regular season leaderboard, 53-25. My God, 53 at 25. I am so due for a, a stinker year. 67.9 winning percentage. Uh, playoffs, I suck. Five wins, nine losses. I'm a real piece of shit in the playoffs. Uh, but I do hold the the league winnings. I got my first place in 16. I got my second place in 15. And I could be pride like, I'm going to tell you right now. As far as my season goes, I know there's, there's, no, there's no two ways about it. Either I'm the two-time or I'm dead last in playoffs. I shouldn't say dead last. I, I, I'll, I'll, I won't buy the keg. I'll be at least like, you know, 10th, 11th or something like that. But I don't see any middle ground for me. I mean, I've had so lucky, and I've just been on fire for six years in this league. And I'd like to say it's skill, but I really can't chalk it up to that. Uh, I think I just try to be smart about it, try to try to keep my head up, try to capitalize where I see opportunities. And it's paid off so far, but, I mean, really, it's a, it's a crapshoot on a lot of it. And I, I just... This can't sustain. There's no way that can go into the seventh year and have another, you know, ten and three season, nine and four, whatever the fuck, and and make it to playoffs. Scorching hot, and then and then have an early exit. I, I've been in playoffs I will say this: I've been in playoffs every year. I've never finished worse than fourth, even though I finished fourth like four or five times now, which is fucking unbelievable. Um, but well, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't. I don't feel good about this year. Let's just put it that way. I really don't. But. Hey, we'll still fight the good fight. We'll still have a good time either way. I'll still be active the whole year, unlike some people. But, uh, but yeah, there I am, sitting at the top of the leaderboard for the regular season record. So, all right, what are you going to do? Anyway, let's get on to some of these rule changes that we're thinking about going. What is that? Rule changes. All right, rule changes. Now... We're having our meeting tomorrow to start talking about some of these rule changes. We're going to have a roundtable, talk some things through, put some stuff out there, and then put us the whole league via SurveyMonkey. That seems to be the best way to vote these things through and see what we want to change. Right now, we're a full-point PPR. Uh, I think the first and foremost thing that I would like to propose and I'm going to push for is going to a half-point PPR. I felt like full-point PPR was just a little bit too much of a, a swing into uh, you know, making passing and receivers a little too, too aggressive. You know, especially with the way the league is, I think that we need to kind of ratchet that back a little bit. And half point feels right. I know it seemed like a lot of people adjusted a full point, and, and once they got into it, it felt like it was just a little too much. So I feel like half point is kind of that sweet spot between the two, best of, best of both worlds, if you will. Uh, another big proposal on the table this year is fab budget, and there is a way that we can edit this in ESPN's app. So now you'll be able to trade your fab budget. So you start with 100 bucks a year, and if you need to add 5 bucks 10 into it, I think you can throw this into trades now. Um, we'll just have to figure out a way to to i mean we can obviously edit uh, the resters but when we, the trade goes through we'll have to send us something to the chirp or something that says that that included, you know, 10 bucks of fab from team A to team B or whatever. But I th- I think this will be an interesting wrinkle this fab budget. I want to talk about this for a second because there's you got to think about the strategy behind this. I mean because when you get into high noon on Tuesday or third Wednesday rather when you go into high noon Wednesday, I can see some I can see some Wednesday morning deals being struck. You know, you might be I, okay, now that I think, I might love this because think about you're heading into Wednesday. You're, you're, you know, you need that running back. Some of the the starter went down. The backup's still available. You see him sitting there. Kind of a James Conner situation on your hands. You know, you're like, oh, this is great. I'm gonna get this guy. I'm leader in the in the clubhouse for fab budget. I should be able to outbid everybody else. Whatever. But what if what if a trade? What if a little trade sneaks through? Probably Jared will be involved. Let's be real. What if a little trade sneaks through Wednesday morning, right around like 10:30? You know, 10.30 FAB budget gets done, which actually, and then all of a sudden, you're not the leader in the clubhouse for the FAB budget. Somebody else snakes you, outbids you for that player. I can see that's being a nice wrinkle. Now that I say this, I will talk about it more tomorrow, but I will say I think we probably need to put a time limit on trades. Because I wouldn't want to get in a situation where it was like there was a trade that was like accepted at like 11.45, but the FAB budget wasn't updated. And then all of a sudden somebody couldn't bid as much as they wanted for the player. And then it's a whole fucking rigmarole. So maybe we have to lock in that any FAB budget trades have to be made, you know, by Tuesday at midnight or something like that. Like an email has to be sent by Tuesday at midnight Eastern uh, to make sure that that can get processed before high noon on Wednesday. and Everybody can adjust their bids appropriately rather than trying to snake something in like last minute. Because I can see that being kind of a nightmare. So, anyway, we'll talk more about that. Um, other rule changes. I think we're keeping the bench same. I think we might talk about an IR slot this year, which I'd be I'd be for. I think an IR slot would be kind of nice. Maybe I would be for maybe chopping the bench by one and adding the IR slot or vice versa. I don't know. I'll have to think through that a little bit. But I kind of like the idea of having an IR slot to, to, you know, stash somebody. But I also like the idea that you can't, you know, if you want the IR slot, you got to put them on your bench and eat, eat a spot because you know, screw you. So maybe I don't like Irish slot. I don't know. We'll see about that. And then I'm sure Moto will say that he doesn't want negative points for field goals. missed, which is horse shit. You know, get a better field goal kicker. I think we did take out something where it was like you don't get a negative point if it's over like 40 yards and it's a miss. But anything less than 40 yards should be a chip shot. So I think that's good to have that negative point in there. I also heard rumors of, you know, getting rid of the defense and of uh, the kicker. I That's, I will 100% vote against that. I don't like that at all. I like the, I like the uh, kind of little wrinkle of, of having to evaluate kickers and defenses. I always think that's kind of fun, especially when you get into bye weeks and stuff. They always seem to be the ones that you're really kind of scrambling to get. So, it's it's uh it's good. Also, you get a kicker swap trade every now and again. You get Greg the leg in there. So, I think we kind of keep that one in. If I had to, if I had to guess, or if I, if I had the phone. I'd keep that one in too, but who knows what other rule changes will come up? We'll uh, talk about it tomorrow over lunch and and then put it out to SurveyMonkey and uh, you know see what the league decides to do. All right, let's move on. The best storylines of 2019. Okay, 2019 storylines. This is my favorite part of the show, the part I was looking forward to. Now, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna lie. There, there's like, there's three storylines that I'm really gonna be paying attention to this year. Now. I'm having trouble ranking these, at least the top two. I will say, okay, I know what the third one is. I think the third storyline this year for me is this Vitali turo matchup. Now, I'm really curious to see where this goes because I will say Vitali got his first win over Turo this year, and it was by the skin of his dick. Like, his foreskin, it just barely got through. So he's, overall, over the six years, he's got one win, nine losses against Turo. Turo absolutely owns his ass. He's Turo's bitch. He's, he fluffs Turo on the weekends. Uh, he's, Turo can tell him to, you know, bend over, and he fucks him on command. Like, I mean, whatever analogy you can think of, that's how much Turo owns Vitaly. Even though he got that win, I mean, it was by, like, I think it was like half point or something. It was something stupid. But, uh, you know, and again, he beat him in the championship game. It was a tremendous championship game. It looked like Vitaly was going to come back. There was all sorts of ways he could have won it. I think, like, Doug Baldwin, like, almost scored a touchdown, like, was slid down to the one. If he had slid in the end zone, he would have been, like, Vitaly would be our champion. So I'm curious to see if the domination continues. Heading into 2017, if Turo can keep it up. I think they'll probably play twice. At least play once, of course. But they might play twice again, and I can see them meeting in the playoffs again, too. So I'll be watching those games. Those might be game, you know, KML game of the weeks, whenever Vitaly and Turrell play. Those are always fun matchups, so we'll see what happens. All right, now, the second most important storyline. I'm, I'm going to say it. I think the second most important storyline is if we're going to get a two-time champion. I think, I mean, we've got six champions now. Rob... Joel, Minot, me, Wingus, and Turo in that order. And that's six. That's half the league. And I'll tell you what, this is going to be interesting because if we get a two time, there's a couple things that play here. First off, if you get a two time. That's bragging rights. First two time champ, you got bragging, especially if Turo goes back to back. That's like a whole other level of bragging rights. But first two time champ is a hell of a lot of bragging rights. And I can see that being big. Now, there's also a flip side to this, too, because whoever wins if out of those six, if, if one of us wins it, and we get a, a return each, or a, a two-time champion, I mean, that gives you bragging rights over the entire league. But I'll tell you what, if we don't have a two-time, and we get a seventh different champion, those last five guys, they got to be puckering a little bit. Because I'll tell you what, we talked, I've talked to, to Wingus about this, too. You don't want to be one of like the last two or three that don't have your name on that fucking trophy. And it's like, you're ten you're 11, and you don't have your name on the trophy, and everybody else does, ooh, buddy, you're going to hear some ridicule, and that's not an easy, easy uh, trench to dig yourself out of. I mean, that's going to be tough. So I think that's that's the second most important storyline is seeing who's going to be the champion this year because we're kind of at a tipping point between getting our first two time, between cutting down the, the, non, the, the non-champions. Limo's getting pretty packed, guys. Limo's getting a little bit, little bit packed. We might have to go to the stretch. We might have to go to the stretch hummer you know, after a couple more years of this. So we'll see what happens. I think that's the second most important storyline. But uh, I'm going to say the most important storyline heading into 2019, and, and I don't think this gets enough love, is Moto going six and seven. I mean, I can't tell you. I mean, literally, I want everybody just to stop and think. How hard it is to go six and seven, four years in a row, four years in a row, six and seven. And I mean, I, I'd almost say like, it's almost easier to go like nine and nine and four or something where you actually like try, you know, you, you got a good team every year. You're, you're better than the other people, you know, but I mean, six and seven is like the definition of slightly below. It's it's, like the definition of mediocrity and to do it year in and year out. is fucking unbelievable. It's fucking unbelievable. You think of all the things that have to go right and wrong not only with your team, but everybody else's teams, to get you to six and seven every year. And I will say this, to Moto's credit, stand-up guy. Because if I was in his shoes and I was looking the fourth year to run, I think it was this year, heading into week 13, no shot of playoffs, I knew I was already out, uh, and I knew I, I was sitting at five and seven, going into week 13, I'm throwing that last game. I might say, like, oh, I'm trying so hard, or well, I'm trying to play matches, but I'm, I'm praying to God I don't win that last game. And to his credit, he always plays the best guys he can, has always tried, and he always, six or seven or not, he doesn't give a fuck. But I'll tell you what, that is unbelievable. I mean, just just from your own internal team standpoint, that means he's never had, like, if he's had like massive like season-ending injuries to like his top two or three guys, they usually would bury a team. He was able to fight it back and able to still get to six wins. On the flip side, if he had a dominating team, somehow things just didn't work out and got him back, You know, fell he fell back to six wins. I mean, six and seven four years in a row is unreal. It's unheard of. I can't believe it. I mean, it's it might be more unbelievable than losing six games in a row to start a season. I mean, it's, cr- it's just crazy. So that's my number one storyline heading into 2019. Is Arlise or Moto's team? Can he go six and seven again? Will he go six and seven again? And if it happens for a fifth year, I feel like I feel like we need to have something on the table. I feel like the league needs to come together collectively and think about what we could possibly do, or to commemorate five years of six and seven. I don't. I. I honestly. I don't know. I'm. I i do not know if it's a punishment. I don't know if it's a payout. I don't know if we take him on a trip. I mean, I can see it going either way. It's like I'd I'd want to I'd want to shake his hand if he goes six and seven, but I also want him to to never forget that he's he's the definition of mediocrity and has never made the playoffs. It's like it's a very interesting situation there. So that is my number one storyline heading into twenty nineteen. Okay, so I think that's it, everybody. Thank you for listening. Looking at the clock right now. we're Clocking right over about 30 minutes. I kind of think that's the way it will go during the season. Uh, I think each podcast will be right around 30 minutes, maybe a little bit longer if we have a calling guest. Uh, you know, again, I'll have to figure out the technology on that side, but I think that'd be fun to have some people come in and, and give their opinions on different things. Give somebody else a voice. You know, I'm not the only one out here talking. I don't want I don't want this to be I want this to be the leagues podcast. I don't want this to be main's podcast. I want this to be the leagues podcast. I'm here to for you guys. Again, give me some feedback if you uh, want to hear something specific. If you want to be a calling guest. If you think there should be a certain type of segment or something, I'm all for it. We'll try to work it in as best we can. And uh, you know, here's looking here's looking forward to a, a really good year. You know, I'll probably check back in maybe one podcast before draft maybe one after draft and then we'll we'll get right into week one and, and see what happens but uh, but yeah hey here's wishing everybody out there the best of luck in their fantasy football seasons both the owners and the KML and everybody else out there and uh, should be a good one should be a good one I think I'll be pretty excited for it so alright this is your host Maine signing off Till next time everybody peace Straight cash homie